morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 39 of the DCP Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony McAvoy, joined by my co-host today, Daniel Christian. Buddy, how you doing? Depends on what sport. (laughs) Well, actually, yeah, because... I think professional sports might be where you need to be right now because your college teams are not. Yeah, Duke basketball lost last Duke night too. Basketball lost last night too. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to ask, but I was like, I feel like I kind of have to, just to you know get the vibe check real fast. But uh, Max Max Born is not with us tonight. Uh, he is in Ohio. And he will not be able to uh, be on the podcast with us this week. He'll be back next week. Don't worry. Um, you might want to record. You might want to rec- like record with your phone my three minute drive because I'm sure Max wants to see this. He may want to see it, but I'm going to force him to listen to it. Perfect. I'm going to be like, you know what, buddy? Listen to it. Exactly. You want to know what he said? Listen to it. <laughs> so, uh. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. We have a very busy episode tonight that uh, got a lot of stuff we need to talk about and an extended Daniel's two-minute drive. We have extended it for another minute to Daniel's three-minute drive because, buddy, I think you need it. Um, (laughs) I think you need it. So without further ado, I'm not going to make you wait. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. And when you see it start, you are good to go. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. To Duke Nation, we deserve better. I regret ever saying Elko era. Mike Elko, I I regret saying the Mikes made Duke. No, only Michael Krzyzewski made Duke. Mike Elko is nothing but a coward. Mike Elko is nothing but a loser. Mike Elko is nothing but a sheep who runs away blindly with its tail tucked between its legs, which is even dumber because sheeps don't have tails. Mike Elko isn't like, okay, I, we, we are not a stepping stone for this man. Mike Elko, congratulations. No one will ever trust you. I have no, I have no problem with Mike Elko saying, you know what, Texas A&M, I want to go back home. But this man met with the Duke team and said, I haven't made a decision, only to jump on the plane in the middle of the night without telling anybody, like a coward, like a chicken, like a scared sheep. Mike Elko, he's going to get fired at Texas A&M. You want, to, you want to get a couple million dollars extra and get fired in three to four years when Texas A&M is nothing but mediocrity like they have been in the whole Jimbo Fisher era? Be my guest, Mike Elko, because at Duke, you could have had a lifetime deal. You could have been there as long as you wanted to. You could have continued to build something. And when we talk about, oh, Mike Elko is this great recruiter. Um, last year when they succeeded, it was Cutcliffe's recruits. I give Cutcliffe the credit. Mike Elko era never existed. It's a Cutcliffe era. Riley Leonard, man, I love you. And Riley Leonard, I can't blame you because 
you gave your all, including your ankle, which your ankle wouldn't have been messed up if Mike Elko would have caught a blitz. Mike Elko sabotaged this team. If Mike Mike Elko knew midseason he was going to leave Duke, and he's like, I'm going to leave it worse than when I found it. I'm going to call, not call a blitz on fourth and 17 because then Riley Leonard will hurt his ankle and I'll be forced to play a third string and pretend that I care. And then I'll just dance off in the middle of the night. He's probably already recruiting Riley Leonard. Now he's saying that, he, that his assistants, he's going to bring the Duke assistants with, no, you will not. You, you know what? You might. You probably will knowing my luck. But anyway, you can't get away with this. Even though he will, Mike Elko is nothing but a traitor. Mike Elko is slime. Do not trust Mike Elko with your life. Do not trust Mike Elko with your school. Do not trust Mike Elko with your money because he will keep it. He will run. He will get fired from Texas A&M and have a good retirement fund because he's probably already signed a big contract. Mike Elko is a traitor. Ron Leonard, I love you. Duke, you deserve better. It never ceases to amaze me. Thanks, man. How good you are at that. Uh, first question, do you feel any better? Yeah, honestly. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, but, but here, so I, we're going to dive right into this. Cause I, I think that's the biggest news for today's podcast. Just given one, you're a Duke fan, but I, I think that the, the Mike Elko hiring at Texas A&M is huge. Um, one, you said it, and I'm glad you touched on it. It is a homecoming for Mike Elko. Mike Elko. He was the defensive coordinator under Kevin Sumlin. Um, and I believe it was also Jimbo Fisher's defensive coordinator. I could be wrong. Um, I think so. Yeah. Cause he said he's going to pick Jimbo Fisher's brain. And I think, brain. yeah. And I think for Texas A&M, this is a slam dunk out, out of the park hire. Like, I think this is probably the best hire that Texas A&M could have made given the level of pedigree that Mike Elko is as a coach. I mean, look, what he did in two years at Duke is fantastic. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. You know, a lot of what he did that that year one was with Cutcliffe's guys, and what he did this year, I think, would have been a bit better if Riley Leonard hadn't gotten hurt. Um, I think it's a bit of a different season. But do I blame him for for leaving? No, because here's the thing: jobs like Texas A&M don't come open often. And when they come open, you have to take them. Um, I don't blame him for leaving. And I mentioned that in my rant. It's how he did. left. You did. It's and and I totally understand that. And I think that probably could have been a could have been done better. But if for Texas A and M, the thing is, he is a great recruiter. He's going to bring great classes. But look, Jimbo Fisher did the same thing. Jimbo Fisher for his last couple of years at A and M had top five classes in the country. The thing is what you do with those classes, and that's where I think Mike Elko is different from Jimbo Fisher. I think he gets – I think Elko gets the best potential possible out of the players that he is surrounded with. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest Riley Leonard fan, but what he was able to turn Riley Leonard into not only as a runner but also as a passer, I'm still not convinced that Riley Leonard is the best passer that I've ever seen in college, but he's a pretty damn good one. I mean that's that's ultimately the thing, and I think with with Texas A and M you need that. I think you need at A and M a coach who isn't the star guy, and I think that's what went wrong with Jimbo Fisher is that he was the star guy, and I, I think Mike Elko 
will be very much the guy who is sort of in the background at AM. He was in the forefront at Duke because he kind of had to be because it's Duke football. Can I tell you who I want my Duke, my Duke football coach to be? I was going to ask. I want Trooper Taylor. From? He's right now the interim for Duke. Okay. I think Trooper Taylor, I think the players will play hard for Trooper Taylor. Um, he did the last bowl game um, before Elk, not the last bowl game, but he's been an interim for a game or two before. I think that, I think that he is, he's the best choice. The players right now, because this is obviously a fragile time for Duke and you would, you know, because we still have a bowl game to play. Yes. And the players, they said are extremely motivated. And I think that that is trooper Taylor um, has part of that because there's been videos. He's motivating the guys. And I think if Duke can win this bowl game, with Trooper Taylor's interim coach, I think you give him a shot. I I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, you and I had this conversation, and I'm not sure if you were taking it seriously at the time. Um, but for ranting. huh, I was ranting. Yeah, that's why I don't think you were taking it serious. Um, for me, if I'm Duke, I'm going after Jeff Trailer from UTSA. Um, I think what he has done with that UTSA program is massive. And I think him being able to go to a power five program where there's not a lot of pressure, um, I think is absolutely massive. And I think that Jeff trailer would do a really good job of bringing in his style of play, bringing in recruits that um, are going to fit the scheme and play really well. I, I think if Jeff trailer is there, Duke could potentially average eight, to nine wins a year, um, especially with the way that the ACC is currently set up. And given that they're only adding what SMU, um, SMU, Cal and Stanford. Um, but here, here's the thing that I want to ask you, because I was thinking about this. I think Duke is in this really odd place and it really always has been but now more than ever i think duke for football or maybe as a university is a blue blood school in basketball obviously it helps when you have maybe the greatest basketball coach of all time at least at the collegiate level um i think for football duke is a stepping stone job. Duke is a job where if you show up, it's a power five school with not a lot of pressure, but if you succeed, then you get this, this high praise because, oh my God, you did really well at Duke. You turned Duke around. And I think, I think honestly, I think that's why Elko got the job so fast. Because obviously, you know, the connections that Elko had, but the fact that Elko went in in year one had, what, 10 wins? Nine. Nine, you know, nine and had seven or eight this year with a team that I I don't think was quite as good and was also playing a backup quarterback for a majority of the year, two backup quarterbacks. I, I think that's what helped because it was like, oh, my God, Mike Elko really turned Duke around. And I, I think, 
and I fear, especially for Duke football fans, that that's that's where your job is right now. Like that's the state of the job is that you're only you're going to have a coach if he does really well for two years, he's gone to a bigger job. I think possibly it all depends on how next year goes because Duke's had two years of success. If you do good next year, then being good is the norm. If you do bad next year, then okay, yes, you got a point. Um, that's why I, I would vote to give Trooper Taylor the job. He uh, has been at Duke as a running back coach for several, several years, and I don't think he would go anywhere. I think he's going to be loyal to the university. Well, then my next question with that is, being loyal to the university was David Cutcliffe, and I'm not sure that really got you anywhere. Um. I thought it I thought it did to a certain extent. I mean, it ran its course, but you know, we made an ACC championship game, mm-hmm. made several bowl games. Yeah. I just think it, I'm looking I look more at David Cutcliffe at the totality of his career and not like early 2010s cuz I mean, I mean, look, that 2010s team like the one that played in the Chick-fil-A bowl against against Texas A&M and I believe that's the team that went to the ACC championship game. Yep. I think it was what Anthony Boone at quarterback number 17. Um first off, be proud of me that I just pulled that out of my ass. I'm very uh, proud. And remembered a 2013 Duke team. Um I I just I think I I think you're right in saying, you know, like David Cook Cookliffe really did run his course, but I just I, I something has got to change in the philosophy of Duke. And I, I understand, look, basketball is always going to be the cream of the crop at Duke, especially as long as John Shire is there. I, and, and not only as long as he is there, but as long as he is there and wildly successful as he has been, I still think he just Duke, a contract, so he ain't going anywhere. Exactly. And I think something has to change maybe even on campus to where it's like, not only are we a basketball school, but we are a football school. I think that's the thing that's going to make it tough for Duke down the line is that, you know, you get a coach the caliber of Mike Elko or even maybe Jeff Trailer, who were just going to, you know, get that shot in the Power Five that they really needed. You know, look, you, you get a guy like that, how are you going to keep them for longer periods of time before you've got, you know, Texas A&M or a, a big time Pac-12, well, Pac- Big 10, Big 12 school. Um I just I think if you're Duke something has got to change because if you want to stay relevant in football, I think you've got to bring a name in who And I I don't hate the the Trooper Taylor pick either. I don't hate that but I'm just not sure it's where it's going to be. And I'm not sure that that's what's going to move the program forward and not only move, move the program forward, but I'm saying move the program forward from a sense of we're also a football school. I think, I think Duke needs to bring in somebody who can stay the long haul, but also I think Duke needs to make it worth their while to stay the long haul. I think that's the other thing. Because I'm not sure that these coaches have much of an incentive to stay. Right. And a lot of that is going to be on the AD on uh, funding money. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about really fast a couple other coaches before we get into some players that are leaving um, and entering the transfer portal. Uh, this one, I just this is this is memes all over again, and I have loved every single second of this. Arkansas is bringing back Bobby Petrino to be the offensive coordinator, and nothing makes me happier than Arkansas bringing back Bobby Petrino. The memes have been golden. I have loved it. I think I'm going to buy a neck brace for the sake of having a neck brace in honor of Bobby Petrino. Um, it just makes me really happy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Arkansas is like, you know what? We're not a great football team, but we have to be relevant. Let's make this move. Well, and here's the thing. I don't know if you saw... I don't like know it, remi- you- it reminds me a little bit of, for example... The Carolina Panthers are irrelevant right now. Right. They could have easily just waited till after the season, not fire Frank Reich. But David Tepper's like, we got to make the news somehow. Let's do it now and have him be the third shortest coaching stint in NFL history. Right. Shorter than Urban Meyer. Right. No, absolutely. I think <laughs> – I think – because he's been on, on the headlines all week, NFL teams, the Carolina Panthers. I we mean, you're right. I mean – I mean, you're exactly right. I think, I don't know if you saw this, um, Sam Pittman, the head coach of Arkansas, did a press conference the other day. Um, And I want to say it was like right after or right before they announced that they had hired Petrino back. And one of the reporters asked him, what do you need to do to, you know, essentially, essentially, what do you need to do to make the team better or the program better? Daniel, I shit you not, his answer was, I don't know. Your head coach says, I don't know how to move the program forward. I don't know. And I'm sitting there going, excuse me? You don't know? It was absolutely wild. And now here's the best part. Here's the best part. We are one bad game away from Bobby Petrino being the head coach of Arkansas again. Well, it's just like there's some things where I'm like, why did you say that in public? Right. Like, not trying to compare it again, but I don't know if you watched Tepper's presser this week. I did not. He openly admitted that the Panthers were going to draft C.J. Stratton. (laughs) I saw that. I did see that. And I'm sitting there like, you didn't have to say that. Oh, my Lord. And he was like, well, we were going to trade up number two and get C.J. Stroud because the Texans were going to get Bryce, and then the opportunity opened to get one. And I still support that pick of Bryce Young. I'm like... So, but it's like, yeah, that's the same thing. Like, I don't know. Like, why are you... I'd rather hear no comment. I'd, I'd rather hear no comment, or I'd rather hear... You know what? Me and the coaching staff, we're we're sitting down and we're trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But don't look at it like as an SEC coach, you cannot look at a room full of people and go, I don't know how we're gonna get the program better. I I just don't know. Yeah. If I'm Arkansas, I fired him right then and there. But no, oh, they yeah. said they said they said he is safe. For this year. And to be completely honest, I'd have fired Sam Pittman in the middle of last year. I mean, they just, 
anyway. Um, then last be, last bit of coaching news before we get into some other stuff. Daniel, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Indiana, who fired Tom Allen what? on Saturday, uh, has hired Kurt Signetti. And if you don't know who Kurt Signetti is, he's the head coach of James Madison, who just went 11-1 and one, and uh, will be playing in their first ever bowl game um, in only their second year of being in FBS. Uh, I'm not sure. I have not seen the details of the contract, and I also don't think I have seen uh, if Signetti is going to coach for JMU in the bowl game, but I don't believe he will. Um, look, I think it's a great hire for Indiana. Um, I, I think, look, Tom Allen had that one really good year in like 2021 or something like that, back when Michael Penix was the quarterback. Um, but after that and before that, I mean, the team just wasn't really good and it hasn't been good since. So, um, I understand getting rid of Tom Allen, but, uh, congrats yeah. to Kurt, uh, Kurt Signetti. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple quarterbacks who have announced, uh, that they are transferring. Uh, you talked about it just a minute or in your in your rant. Riley Leonard uh, is uh, transferring. He has not announced where he is going it's Notre yet. Dame. I mean, it's obvious. I see. I think it's Notre Dame. And here, I love this season. Um, if he goes to take CNM, I'm I, I'm not coming on the podcast for a week. It's either so. Here's the thing. I've got it to three. I've got it down to like three places in my head. If it's Riley Leonard, it's Notre Dame, it's Texas A&M, or it's Auburn. It's one of those three. I would rather see him go to Florida and win a national championship and you rub it in my face than for him to go to Texas A&M with Mike Elko. Don't worry. He's not going to go to Florida. Although, speaking of Florida, Max Brown, the quarterback who started uh, the Florida State game uh, in – as the I'd replacement. Rather go to, I'd rather see him go to Nebraska and win a championship with Matt Rule. That's than, saying something. That's saying something. That's like saying right something. Now, if Nebraska played Texas A&M, I'm the biggest Nebraska fan. <laughs> um, uh, Will Howard, the Kansas State quarterback. I was a little shocked by this one, but uh, they've got a guy there, uh, the guy who was the backup to Will Howard most of the season, Avery Johnson who was a stud. Uh, I watched him play in the Texas Tech game. Dude had five total touchdowns, and four of them were rushing touchdowns. Uh, it was just ridiculous. So, uh, speaking of Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson will be transferring to a different school. Not sure where he's going to go just yet. Dante Moore, the 2023 five-star recruit for UCLA, started a couple games, did not look all that good, and then was re uh, replaced by Ethan Garbers up at UCLA. He is transferring. DJ Uyunglele from Oregon State uh, transferring. Not 100% sure where he's going to go, but I have seen that Oregon is rumored to be where he would want to go, and that would just kind of be hilarious to me. Um, and then a couple smaller ones. Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, who teased uh jumping in the portal last year and then didn't he is in fact jumping in the portal and for some reason i just feel like he's gonna go to liberty uh because that's where jamie chadwell is and you know jamie chadwell was his his coach for so many years um and then this one is one 
that was maybe one of the first quarterbacks to jump in the portal and has already committed, and that is Max Johnson, the Texas A&M quarterback. He has transferred uh, to UNC. So, Daniel, you will see him firsthand next year. Get some of that, Mike Elko. He got rid of Max Johnson really quick, and he got rid of him so quick, Max Johnson didn't even know he had the job, and he left. Um, Isn't Drake May coming back to next year, or is he in the No, I think he's going to I think he's gonna join the draft. I mean, he's projected like top 10, so might as well. So Max going to UNC does not scare me whatsoever, and here's why, and I'm going to give a quick, quick rundown. Um, UNC won eight games with Drake May. Mm-hmm. They have no defense. Could care less. Well, and I, I need to look at their recruiting class and see what they're bringing in defensively. Um, but they yeah, I mean, it, it might not be working with Mac. Mac being back might not be good for Carolina. Well, I saying. think that's I think that's a conversation to have. Because um, I just I I didn't like I understood the hire, but I also didn't like the hire. Um, I kind of thought it was dumb because I was like, look, Mac Jones hasn't been a coach since like. 2015 or 14 Texas. Did I say Mac Jones? Yes, you did. I met Mac Brown. Okay. I met Mac Brown. I'm done with Mac Jones. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that that hire is 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 you know the best thing for UNC. But um, you know they've had some really electric offenses. But yeah, I I think there's something to the idea that Mac Brown doesn't really do too much with uh defense uh when it comes to recruiting. Um let's move on to do you want to talk quickly about Michigan, Ohio State? Fire Ryan Day, I think. I think Really? Yeah. Cause I'm the opposite. I say go ahead. Cause I I um, you were the mastermind. Your team was the mastermind behind the sign-stealing scheme. Um, you got what you wanted. You got Harbaugh suspended, even for the game. Um, you, you're, you've got a full-on investigation going, and yet you lose to Michigan and an interim, interim coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've lost the last three to Michigan. Um, you don't own the rival anymore. I'm sorry, Max. Um, and I think – he he just didn't look like a coach that really was coaching a great game. He looked kind of skittish a little at times. And so I think you got to fire him. See, I am almost the complete opposite because I watched that game. I I think I've watched a game twice at this point. Just cuz I wanted to make sure that I still felt the same way. I think Ryan Day called a perfect game. I think both I think both teams called impeccable games. I think it just came down to uh, that first pick that Kyle McCord threw in the first quarter that set up a really quick Michigan drive. Um, But really, outside of that, I I just think Michigan had a couple plays that were better. Like, I, I don't think that Ohio State did anything to lose the game, if that makes sense. Like obviously they lost the game, but I don't think it's because of any any play call or any decision. Like I thought all the decision making, especially in the key moments, was was good. I I thought it all made sense. Um, I just think that Michigan outplayed them at times. And and to answer the the other the other thing, I don't think firing right Ryan Day is the right choice. Because think about it this way Ryan Day has lost 
um, what is it, seven or eight games in his uh, tenure at Ohio State, and and three of them are to Michigan. I mean, I I think that's that's the thing to remember is outside of Michigan, his record is impeccable, and to yeah. say that you know, look, I I understand that that at the end of the day, beating Michigan is is wildly important to you. But who's going to take the job? Because if it's not Ryan Day, then who is it? And I can't tell you. I've thought about this question for a week and a week and a half at this point. And I I can't give you an answer of somebody who I think right now can step into the Ohio State job and be as successful or more successful than Ryan Day. I can't. I can. Give me the name. Urban Meyer. I don't think they'll let him back. I really don't. And I I think the thing is, like, I'm not sure that Urban Meyer could. Mostly just because I I think that I just I'm I'm not sure that he can. I mean I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad move to keep Ryan Day. I'm saying if I had the choice, I would fire Ryan Day. Right. And Again, I'm not necessarily sure that that's not the right decision. But for me, I, I just I if if I am at a school like that, if I am at Alabama, if I'm at Michigan, if I'm at any of those championship level teams, if I'm going to fire my head coach, I have to know that I'm going to get somebody better or that will keep my program in the same in the same place. And I'm just I'm not sure that there's a guy right now on the market. If Nick Saban got fired tomorrow, fire Ryan Day now and get Nick Saban. But other right. than that, I'm just I'm not sure that there's a guy there. I just I'm I'm personally not there. Um I think Michigan called a perfect game in that game. I think Ohio State called an impeccable game. I thought it was great. Um again, I just think Michigan outplayed them at some parts. Daniel, I want to get into this quickly. Uh, before we run out of time, uh, it's championship weekend. Um, and there is a lot on the line because as of right now, I don't think any of the four spots in the college football playoff are locked. I think one is. So as it stands, the four are Georgia, Michigan, Washington and Florida State with Oregon at five, Ohio State at six. I may have that backwards. Ohio State, uh, no, uh, Oregon is five. Uh, Oregon five, Ohio State six, Texas seven, Alabama eight. One, I would have put Michigan at one personally. I don't think you beat the number two team in the country at number three and have to say it. Have to stay at. Have to stay at. Sorry, my phone started going off. Uh, have to stay at two. I just I don't get that. I'd have, I'd have put them at I'd have put them at one. Um, I think Michigan is safe if they win. I there are no brainer if they win. Everybody after that, it's a toss up. I think Georgia's safe regardless. You think Georgia's safe if they win, or if they lose? Yeah. I think so, I, I think I think they'll they'll drop to four if they lose. I I would almost agree, but here's my hang up. 
Because you got to look at that, that they're they're a two-time defending champion and with only one loss on their record. I yes. think you got to keep them. I, I would I would personally agree. I think you have to give Georgia the benefit of the doubt. Here's here's the question. If Washington wins, that knocks Oregon out. That also knocks Ohio State out. Ohio State, in my head, has no no chance at all. I they're just sitting at six because you can't put them all the way down at nine. Are you ready for some madness? Are you ready? Go ahead. Gonna, like this is if Georgia loses, okay? right? And let's say the other top four teams win. Michigan will be one. Uh huh. Washington will be two. I will then go Alabama three, Georgia four. Here's why I disagree with that because I think if if Texas if Texas wins the Big Twelve, which they should, there is no way in my mind that Alabama gets in over Texas because Texas has a head to head win, and what that would show me. If Alabama gets in over Texas, is the regular season doesn't matter. Don't play any tough teams. But then the, the they're also the, I, I see your point, but I think they're all, the committee's also going to look at Alabama is the is the world beaters who finally knocked off Georgia. I, I would again, I I see that and I I agree with that. I here's the thing, and and they talked about it in in the Michigan Ohio State game and called it like the first playoff game, of like if you lose you're done, if you win you're in. I think there is a legitimate path where the SEC for the first time ever does not have a team make the playoff. And here's how. If Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia is out. If Texas beats Oklahoma State, Texas gets in over Alabama. If Georgia's out, then you put Alabama and Texas in. Incorrect. Because then you have to remember that Florida, if Florida State wins, they're still undefeated. And if Washington wins, they're still undefeated. So I, don't, I can't. I don't, I don't think Florida State is guaranteed. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I think it's more probable than anything. If, I think if they win, they're not guaranteed to get in. I think you have to, though. Because With I. With a I, backup quarterback, I don't know if they allow Cardell that. Jones. Thing. Cardell Jones. I mean, look, Ohio State still got in as a four seed, and then they won the whole thing with Cardell Jones. I think here, here in my head, this is what the four is going to be. In my head, you're about to predict the games. You know that. Gosh, you know, crap. I'm not gonna do it then. Although I'm pretty sure it's pretty obvious who I'm going with. Do it um, at the end, like a quick, like, we can oh, do it at episode, the end. Here's, here's my four teams. We can do it at the end. Um, I, I think Florida State, if they win, they have to get in because you have to reward somebody for being undefeated. Um, And uh, look, I get the argument. Florida State has an awful schedule. They have not beaten a ranked team outside of LSU and their com- their their combined win total of their schedule is a losing record. I get that, and I understand it. But you have to reward a team in the Power Five for going undefeated 
and winning their conference tournament or winning their conference title. And would we be saying it differently if Jordan Travis was the quarterback still? Yes. Would we have any doubt in our mind that Florida no. Florida State is a top four team if Jordan Travis was there? It would be a top four team with Jordan Travis, but they're not without him. But and the there's thing no is, way we're gonna we're gonna have one go great playoff game and then one where we know the outcome before the game even starts. But again, that's that's not necessarily true because we've had here's the problem. Name I, one team that you would pick Florida State over. Here's the thing. I agree with you on premise. I agree with the premise. I don't think Florida State is as good as a team with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback as I do Jordan Travis. The problem is, year one of the college football playoff, we got the roadmap to how a team with a backup quarterback and a third-string quarterback at that can win a national championship, and that is why I think Florida State would get in. Because... You can't you can't punish a team for making it all that way undefeated and something out of their control totally and then punish them and let a team in like Texas or Alabama who have a loss. I just I think that's tough to justify. I again, I agree with the premise. I think it's hard to justify. Let's get into our pick'em segment because we're going to get back into college football here in a little bit. Full disclosure, full disclosure, from the end of that last segment to the beginning of this segment, it's been about two days. We had some stuff come up. You know, it's it's all good. But this, we're recording this while the <laughs> Texas-Oklahoma State game is going on. So we'll end up talking about the Oregon-Washington game, um, and we'll you'll figure it out by the end. But uh, as of right now, the scores stand as this. Uh, I am in the lead still with 159 points. Max and Daniel, though, are now tied with 157. So only a two-point lead for me uh, in the Pick'em's challenge right now. Um, We all picked Dallas on the Thursday game, so we all got the point there. Um. That'll be calculated into next week's scores. You know the deal. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Again, Max not here, so I will be giving Max's picks as well. Uh, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Max is taking the Colts. I am taking the Titans, mostly because I really like what I've seen from Will Levis since he has taken over in the starting job. And then a big blow to Indianapolis again, no more Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the year. So I think that's going to really limit what that Colts offense is going to be able to do. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Titans. This was my hardest pick of the week. I went back and forth. I'm going slightly Indianapolis, but I really hate that you picked the Titans. I it, it was one of those that I had to think about too for a little bit as well. Like I I wasn't, you know, you I'm sure not Derek, Derek Henry's office. It, it's telling me he's playing Jonathan Taylor. I'm sorry, I thought you said Derek Henry, and I was like, No, you're good. Time? You're good. Jonathan Taylor is out for the rest of the year. Believe me, I know on my fantasy team. Uh, well, was on my fantasy team, but. Anyway, uh, moving on to Chargers, Patriots. I took the Chargers. Max took the Chargers. Taking the Chargers. Yeah. 
I mean, that I'm one's... Patriots since Matt Jones isn't playing, but... <laughs> I think the Chargers are just a better team, even though they're yet again underachieving. Um, but that's whatever. That's a conversation for another day. Uh, Detroit at New Orleans. I think this is this was an easier pick. Uh, Max and I both took Detroit. Detroit. Also, I just want to point out, Proctor is having to be helped off the court, and I'm really upset right now. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that college basketball is also on today because I'm We're not. No, it's conference play, baby. We're already ACC conference play. They're, they're mixing in a couple conference games in de- in December to kind of you know. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So I I still have time to not pay attention. Uh, <laughs> uh, Atlanta at the Jets. Um, look, I just I I think the Jets have a really good defense. I think the problem is just offensively they're like Iowa. Um, I just I I think that Atlanta, even though I don't necessarily like this Atlanta team, I think that they probably get the better scoring opportunities. So Max and I have both taken the Falcons. Yeah, I don't like Atlanta, and I, I kind of, I'm rooting for the Jets because I want to see will is is Aaron Rodgers just playing us or will he actually try? Because now he's like, oh, we have to be in playoff contention, right? So I want to be in playoff contention because I want to see if Aaron Rodgers has just been messing with us the whole time or if he actually can play. Um, so I think he's messing with us. Um, but I'm going the Falcons as well. Defense wins championships, but you gotta have a little bit of offense. Yeah, I I think personally I look there's it's been three months since Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles and nobody's come back before like seven or eight. I just I don't think it's possible. I I follow a lot of like sports medical people on Twitter and they're like post posting the videos and pointing out like dude he's still limping. He's not putting a ton of weight on that leg like. There's just no way that he's going to be able to play. Aaron Rodgers knows that they're not going to be in playoff contention. Yeah. So he's just saying the right things. Yeah. No, I I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And I think he needs to stop playing with the Jets fans' heart and just shut it down. Um, Start fresh next year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Moving on, Cardinals at Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers. Max is also taking the Steelers. I'm just... You know, I don't like this Cardinals team. I also don't really like this Steelers team, but with as bad as they've been, they're still seven and four. I mean, yeah, and this is why I kind of like this Steelers team. I right. think they're a team that can um, play a spoiler in the playoffs. So I, I'm taking the Steelers. Um, Miami at Washington. Washington is a uh, team with a losing record, therefore Miami will win. Uh, I took Miami. Max also took Miami. I'm also taking Miami. Yeah, I just, again, they have a losing record. So, <laughs> or the Washington has a losing record, which means that Miami will probably win. Uh, Broncos at Texans. If you'd have told me in the beginning of the year that this was a game that everybody would be. <laughs> looking forward to i would have told you you're crazy 
Um, but both of these teams come into this game with a six and five record. Denver has won five straight games. CJ Stroud right now to me, and it's not even close as offensive rookie of the year. Um, and you know what? Screw it. Sh- could be in the MVP conversation. Um, he'll never win it, but what he's done for that Texans team, I think should put him in the MVP conversation again, not going to win it, but. Um, I I think that he should get the credit that he deserves. Ultimately, I really like what I've seen from this Denver team these last five weeks. And I think that Sean Payton's system is finally starting to work and you're starting to see the differences in the play of Russell Wilson and in the play of that defense. And I really think that what we saw from Russell Wilson last year might have been I don't want to say a fluke, but just a bad year with a bad coach. Um, So that being said, I took Denver. Max also took Denver. I'm taking Houston. I really like C.J. Stroud. Um, some, uh, and I, I do like the Broncos team, but this Houston team is just so mm-hmm. – like C.J. Stroud is rookie of the year hands down. So I'm taking Houston at home. Slightly. I look, I also almost took the Texans. Like I that this was my hardest pick because I just I really love this Texans team. Um and and yeah, I, I think that uh I, I think that that Denver just they they look really good. Um Moving on, the Los Angeles Rams and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland will be starting Joe Flacco. The elite quarterback, um, Joseph, 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 <laughs> Joseph Flacco. Um, I'm taking the Rams. Um, I don't like this Rams team at all, but I mean, Flacco hasn't started a game in like two ish years um, or a year or something like that. So I think there's going to be some rust. I'm not sure that he's going to be fully ready uh, for a Rams defense that is still still somewhat good. So yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Uh, not surprisingly, Max is taking the Browns. I hate how my two hardest picks, you picked the opposite. I'm taking the Browns as well. Which again, we don't know. We don't know how the college picks are going to go outside of the games that have already happened. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I'll probably be wrong. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Let's move on. Tampa Bay and Carolina. Um, Let's get picks out of the way first, and then we'll talk about uh, Carolina firing Frank Reich. Um, Max took Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not going to have Levante David, Devin White, probably Chris Godwin, and then a couple other people are questionable. I think I'm going to take Carolina. I think I'm going to take Carolina. Taking Tampa Bay. Damn it. Do, do you really think I was going to take Carolina? I thought you were, but I, again, I just, this Tampa team is. 
I don't know. This Tampa team's not good, and I really want them to keep losing so we can get a quarterback um, that I like. So, yeah, I look. You I'll probably, Baker, though. Huh? You said Baker was your guy. Not anymore. I just – he had a couple good weeks, but ever since then, he's just – he's not the guy. He's just – he's not the guy. And I get there's other problems, too, but Baker's just not the guy. He's really not. Um, so, and, I would like, and I would like to say this, and this has nothing to do with Frank Reich. So everybody right now is down on Bryce Young, and I know you have said we need to have the conversation. Here's my quick response to that, okay? There is no way we can know yet if Bryce Young is the guy because of how dysfunctional the Panther system is. I agree. I believe that if the roles were reversed and C.J. Stroud was in Carolina, I think C.J. Stroud would be doing just as bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Bryce Young be successful? I have no idea. Nobody knows. Next year we'll say a lot because you know you look at like all these all these great quarterbacks now. You look at Trevor Lawrence. You look at, um, I mean, I I, I there's others, but like they struggled their first year. Mm-hmm. So let's see how Bryce Young does next year. Well, and I I think the thing with with Bryce Young and if you shoot, I mean, just compare it to the situation that C.J. Stroud has over in Houston. Stroud has much better weapons. I mean, Carolina's receivers are awful. Yeah, the offensive will, line will. is really bad. Um, I don't know why I picked Carolina, to be completely honest. But I'm giving you a chance to change it. I mean, you can, they're one in ten, dude. I, I'm going to change it back. I'm going to pick Tampa. I'm literally like, I don't offer you olive branches much for like just us disagreeing. I'm literally trying to help you out here, like. <laughs> You will hate yourself at about <laughs> two o'clock. Uh, well, thankfully that game's at four, so it's you not even the one o'clock more. game tomorrow. No, even at two o'clock, you'll still hate yourself. Even at two o'clock, I'll still hate myself. So yeah, we're we'll all pick Tampa. But let's let's talk about this. Um, Carolina fires Frank Reich. Uh, you talked about it just a tiny bit. Um, in your your three minute drive. But Carolina fires Frank Reich 11 games into the season. It's the shortest, the third shortest, yep. third shortest tenure of a head coach in NFL history. Um, I think it's deserved. I mean, you know, maybe could justify giving a guy a second year, but, you know, I think a lot of it went, a, a lot of that decision I think went into coming into this year you thought you were a quarterback away and then and by a quarterback away I mean a quarterback away from making the playoffs not you know a quarterback away from winning at all and so not only do you trade up and give away all the picks that you gave away you trade a DJ Moore as well which was far and away the best receiver that you had on the team for Bryce Young Bryce Young now comes in, doesn't look like he's working out well at all. The offense has taken a massive step back, and the defense has also taken a pretty substantial step back. And I, I think with that being said, and then the defense potential – It's injured. Defense is decimated with injuries right oh, now. Oh, and that, I, that goes into it as well. But I think also then the whole idea that – and you said it again – Tepper going into the press conference this week and essentially saying, look, C.J. Stroud was our guy but we had to trade up to get Bryce Young. And I think giving away all the picks that you gave away, giving away DJ Moore, 
and then starting the season the way that you did, I think, yeah, I think you have to fire Frank Wright because I think a lot of this problem goes down to him. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, rumors that Frank Reich was not willing to adapt the offense to Bryce Young, um, which I don't know why that wasn't discussed in the hiring process, but that's beside the point. I think um, the big blunder is not hiring Steve Wilkes. Um, that was the big – I think we'd be in a totally different position if we would have hired Steve Wilkes because that team last year had no business even being one quarter because we were le- beating the Bucks in the fourth going in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. We were one quarter away from the NFC South title. And um, that team was awful. Like that team was awful last year. And um, yeah, Steve Wilkes just rallied them. I, when you have the entire team rallying saying, we want Steve Wilkes, we want Steve Wilkes. Um, there's a problem. Cam Newton said it best. I don't know if you heard what he said on the podcast. He's like, that's the main problem. You didn't hire Steve Wilkes. He's like, if, the, if all the veteran players are saying we want this guy and you go behind and get another guy, that's an issue. And two, Tepper, there's no leaders in that Panthers locker room. Tepper got rid of all of them. You know, he got mm-hmm. rid of Greg Olson. He got rid of Cam twice. He got rid of Thomas Davis. Um, I don't really know what the game plan is. And, you know, the trade deadline, you've either got to buy and get a receiver or you've got to get some draft picks. Panthers did nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't like, there's no game plan and I have no idea. The next person should be fired is Scott Fitterer. Mm-hmm. I think you need a new coach and a new general manager. Um, this is a big hire for your next head coach because you've, you've missed on every single hire you've made. And one, I think, and this is not a knock on Frank Wright. I just don't think his heart was ever into it. I think that he needed to take some time off after Indianapolis and he jumped right into another job. Mm-hmm. I don't think like, I never saw that he was motivated. I just don't think his heart was ever into it. Um, he said that, that this is it for his NFL career. Most likely he's done. Um, and I, I, I'm not surprised at all. I, uh-huh. I, I, I don't think he was ever that into it uh, in Carolina, but I doubt he would do it. But if I'm, if I'm David Tepper, I'd make a call at Steve Wilkes and just see if he's, if there's any interest Mm-hmm. And if Steve Wilkes is interested, you hire him and don't even take another interview. Yeah, I I think I think for Carolina, this this is now you are hitting the point, especially this offseason, where whatever <laughs> you do could set you back for a very, very long time. Because and and look, I I know that you were very critical of me saying this back. When it happened, and I think I, 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 admit I think you're right. I think now I'm right. Yeah, that trade for Bryce Young, and I I think I said it back then had to work. And I think the problem is now with the season that you are having, you are handing the number one pick to the Bears just for the sake of it, and you've gotten nothing out of that trade other than Bryce Young, who. As of right now, and I think what you were saying is fair, but as of right now is in contention to be one of the biggest draft busts of all time. And again, and me saying that, recognizing that I think he deserves a second year at least. Um, but I, I, I think that this, this offseason for Carolina is going to be huge in determining if they are 
honestly, if they're going to be contending in the next five to 10 years. So Bryce Young is the is one of the most accurate quarterbacks right now statistically. I think he would thrive off any other program right now. I think if you trade Bryce Young right now, he he'd be solid. Oh no, I I think so. But what I'm saying is he's a bust for Carolina. I don't he, think he's a bust in general. Is what, if if that's what you're saying. But I'm I'm not sure that that necessarily then carries over because look, you could say that Sam Darnold was a bust and that. You know, most of the time when these guys who get drafted in the first round don't work out and they go somewhere else, it doesn't work out still. It's not very often that if you don't catch on with your first team, you catch on with your second or third team. That is what I'm saying. And for for a guy who was a number one pick, who a team traded up for and gave up so much for, I would, I would, as of right now, I'd consider him a bust. And and I get the accuracy thing, but it just it feels like I just it, there's times where I watch him and I'm like, dude, he has no idea what's going on. But then it also doesn't help that you know you have a really bad offensive line. I mean that offensive line is atrocious, um, and the skill position players are bad. I, that wide receiver you drafted, Mingo, he's awful. He's bad. Um, but. You know, that that is what it is. So, yes, I, I would agree. I, I think that this is a, a massive offseason for you guys. I don't think Tepper even gives Steve Wilkes a call. I don't think he does either. I don't think oh, he does either. Um, all right, let's move on. Sorry, uh, the there was another score in the Texas game. I want to see what was going on. Sorry. <laughs> The 429 or 425 game, uh, big game on Fox, the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, a rematch of last year's NFC championship game. And I don't think all of the injuries to the quarterbacks or anything happens in this game this year, but I think the result stays the same. I think Philadelphia wins this game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, much closer than the game was last year. I still think Philadelphia wins the game. Um, that's not saying that I think Philadelphia is that much of a better team, but I think the way that they are playing right now is what's really going to give them momentum in this game. So Max and I are both taking Philadelphia. Taking Philadelphia too. And I like this 49ers team. I think this Eagles team is really, really solid. And, um, you know, they're playing a lot of close games, but But they're they're winning NFC East. Yes. You know they're they're playing all these close games, but they're they're still winning. Um, and there's something I think there's something to that because you know you you look at the Vikings team last year that that won all those one score games, and then they get into the playoffs and they just they fall apart. I think this Philadelphia team is built very different than that Minnesota team because that Minnesota team struggled defensively, but were really good offensively. This Philadelphia Eagles team is the best team in the NFL. Let's not forget. I, I, you know, my prediction still stands because I had, remember at the beginning of the season, I had um, Philadelphia making the NFC Championship game and losing to the Lions. That's that's still on par, yeah. I don't think the Lions are getting there. Um, hey. Or I don't think the Lions win that game as of right now. But that's Just me. saying, though, if, if our picks go right... Philadelphia and Detroit will be the top two seeds in the NFC. That's all I'm saying. That is true. That is true. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game, Packers-Chiefs. I don't necessarily hey, think this one. Before you make your pick, 
Taylor Swift will be at that game. Good thing I already wrote down Kansas City. <laughs> I wrote down Kansas City. Max also took Kansas City. I, I look, I I like what I see a little bit more each week from Jordan Love and the Packers. I just think this is a game where Kansas City is is too too much. Yeah, I think Kansas City is figuring it out, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, and then the Monday night game, Bengals-Jaguars. Would have been a good game if Joe Burrow was playing. He's not. Uh, Max and I both took Jacksonville. Give me the Jaguars. Oh, right. Moving on to the college games. Uh, one of these games has already been picked. Um, <laughs> we picked the Oregon-Washington game. Max Daniel both took Oregon. I get the point. I took Washington in that uh, almost, game. We almost completed that comeback. Almost did complete that comeback, but then, you know, getting that uh, getting that first down really, really screwed we them up. We completed the comeback, and then we did not. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, we'll go ahead, do the rest. We'll, we'll do the rest of the picks. Then we'll talk about the Oregon-Washington game, and then we'll kind of update the, the picture as it stands. How's that sound? Yeah. Um, so Daniel, your other pick was the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Max took Alabama. I'm taking Georgia. Um, I think I think the game being in Atlanta still, you know, is a big massive advantage for Georgia. Um, I, I think at some point the SEC championship game may have to be moved. Um, I get why it's in Atlanta because they built the brand new stadium and everything. So I get why it's in Atlanta. But again, I think at some point you may have to consider moving it um, to somewhere else. I don't know where that somewhere else is, but um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Georgia. Look, Alabama has had to work so hard to get to this point. I mean, look, in the beginning of the season, we were wondering if Alabama was cooked, if Alabama was done, if they just didn't have that team. And they've proven time and time again that they do. And and look, all credit to Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow is one hell of a quarterback. Nick Saban has done it again. But you can tell watching Alabama games just how hard they're trying. Georgia is beating people by 30 points, and you can tell they're not trying. Um, and I'm of the mindset that until someone can do it, I can't pick against them. I'm taking the dogs to win the SEC. Daniel, what is your pick? I have the same. Same. I mean, until you knock off Georgia, I'm taking Georgia, and I'm going to continue to roll with them. Here's my question: now. If Alabama wins, do they get in the playoffs automatically, or do they need help? So I think they need some help. Um, I think there's. I think you can still justify putting Georgia in with a loss. Um, at I say that with an asterisk because I think in order to do that, other things have to happen. Um, and we'll talk about that here in in just a minute. Um, with some picks, uh, what really would help Georgia if they had lost, if they lose, would have been for Oklahoma State to beat Texas. I'm I'm looking at the game right now. That's definitely not happening. Um, you absolutely have to have Florida State lose. Um, and you needed Oregon to lose. So that help that helps Georgia. 
Uh, it would also help if Iowa beats Michigan. You need everybody else around you now to lose. Um, even with Texas winning, that would put Texas in. But again, then you have to wonder, well, do you punish Ohio State for not playing this week? So, well, I, I think there's some questions. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, I did choose the Big Ten championship game, Michigan-Iowa. Uh, everybody, you are so welcome for the softball point. Uh, Max and I both took Michigan. Michigan. I love how you immediately questioned the pick, too. You were like, why? Just, it was, just, it was just despicable. You know what? You're welcome. It, I'm in the Christmas spirit. Jim Harbaugh gets to come back at the greatest time. I know. I know. All right. Uh, other I could coach the Michigan team, and we'd win. Oh, probably. Probably. Um, I could announce to Iowa what the plays are. And true. we still win. Maybe. There's a good, there's a good idea that you would. Uh, the ACC championship game is our next game to pick. Max is done the smart thing and taken Louisville. I think I am changing my pick from Florida state to Louisville, given the, given the thought that, that Florida state might be playing without Tate Rodemaker. So playing with their now third string quarterback. If they play with the second string, do you, are you taking Florida state? Like that's. I'd feel more comfortable taking Florida State, but given that he that Rodemaker is a game time decision, and his dad went on an X a serious XM radio show this morning and said that his that that Tate is 50-50, like they they just don't know. Um, I'm more comfortable in this scenario taking Louisville and being wrong than taking Florida State and also being wrong. Um, so I am changing my pick to Louisville. I'm taking Louisville as well, so you can rest easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just I think I think with Tate Rodemaker, I think it's a close game. I don't necessarily think that Florida State has to to worry too too much. I think with a third string quarterback in the game, you do have to worry a little bit. Um even though I'm not sure how good this Louisville team is. Um but but yeah, so I'm taking Louisville. We all take Louisville. Uh, we all took Texas, um, which is going to end up being right. And then let me pull up Max's. <laughs> let me pull up Max's game because <laughs> I don't remember who the second team is. Speaking of Texas, Skip Bayless just tweeted Oklahoma would have beat Texas again. Incorrect. Not just not right. Uh, that's right. Max's D two game Valdosta State and Lenore Rhine. Both of them 12 and 1. Uh, Max and myself both took Lenore Ryan. I'm all staying Lenore Ryan. All right. So, Daniel, with the last uh, last couple minutes of, of the episode, let's let's kind of break down the scenarios, right? So we know Washington is in because Washington beat Oregon last night in a game that was very entertaining. Um so we know Washington is in. They are guaranteed a spot um, because you can't keep a 13-0 Pac-12 champion out. So I'm now, go ahead and put Michigan in. <laughs> I, I think you can put Michigan in, but I, I won't. 
that Iowa defense is legit. And it very well could be a game that ends like 10-7. Um, so I, I believe Michigan wins the game, but I'm not going to put them in just yet because then the questions start. If Iowa beats Michigan, does Michigan still get it? No. no. And I, I would also probably agree with that or – the only team that has a shot to make it with a loss is Georgia, in my opinion. I, I would agree. I, uh, again, Florida State loses; they're done. Um, they they don't they don't get a second chance. They don't um, they don't get any of that. Is Texas getting ready to put Arch Manning into the? Yup. Yes. The game is so out of hand. They're getting ready to put Arch Manning in, and it's the third quarter. It's forty-two to fourteen. Or no, hold on. I think Ewers might be hurt. Hold on. Why is my TV so far away? Anyway, um, so, yeah, Ewers is hurt. He's walking off the field under his own power, though, so I wouldn't put too, too much into it. But, yeah, probably just put Arch, Arch in the rest of the game. Anyway, um... I think Texas with a win now now that the only two teams in front of them are Ohio State and Oregon who Oregon is coming off a loss Oregon lost Ohio State coming off a loss I think Texas now Texas with this dominant win probably gets in um it, they, they need, need help they, they need, need help but if, if one of those top four loses, Texas is the next team. Yes, I would say that Texas is the next team. Obviously, Alabama needs help. Um, Alabama obviously has to beat Georgia, and I think they might need to do it convincingly, especially if it's the thought that it's it's either Texas or Alabama that gets in. I think if Alabama wins and Florida State loses, Alabama and Texas both go in. But you would take Georgia out of that because you need two teams to come out. So in order for in order for that to happen, Michigan would have to win. Washington has won so convincingly, though. I think you have to. I yeah, but what are what are we saying is convincing? What are what are we calling convincing? No, because Texas won so convincingly. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm that's what I'm asking. What what in your head is a convincing Alabama win? I think Alabama is it ten or more. Win. I think Alabama Georgia's turned into a playoff game today. Okay, so you're saying that Alabama should get in and Georgia is I out. I was saying I said a couple days ago Georgia would get in regardless, in my opinion. But after seeing what Texas just did, I think it's a playoff game now. I, I also think it's a playoff game. Um, I still think actually no, I, I I think it's a playoff game, but it's a playoff game with an asterisk. Because Georgia is one, I think it is very tough to sit there and say if Florida State wins that Georgia falls completely out. 
What I yes. would say at that point is that everybody moves up a spot and Georgia falls into four. That could happen. Even in no Alabama. I think Alabama would then move all the way up to five. Because I find it if hard. Florida State wins, yes. If, if Florida State wins, yes. Because I, I still think that it's even though Oregon and Ohio State, who are five and six, both lost. I still just don't think you get to jump all the way into the top four for beating a team that hasn't lost in two years, if that makes sense. Um, In my head, the four, and, and give me your top four as well, but here's, here's mine. My four are Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Texas. That's my four. Which I think might have been the four that I said in the preseason. Yours is exactly my top four, so. Now I got to go back and find out what my top four were. Also, what, what were me and Max's? I, did, I don't think I write, wrote yours down. My top four in the preseason was Georgia, Texas, Michigan, Washington. Which, as of right now, could be correct. But still, you you could have as that, it might not be in the same order, but you'll have the top four. You could have the top four right. Yeah, and I had I had I had Michigan, Iowa in the Big Ten championship. Um, that's the only, oh, and I had Georgia, Alabama. Those are the only two championship games that I fully got correct. Georgia, Alabama wasn't that hard to get right though. No, and neither was Michigan, Iowa. Um, I had Washington. Yeah, over, I mean, you had to choose Michigan or Ohio state. Yeah, but you I knew did. that Iowa was going to be on the other side. I wish Michigan, Big Ten Ohio West is awful. Yeah, I wish Michigan, Ohio state was on opposite sides. Well, them and Penn state too. Like I, I wish that one of them out of those three was on a different side. But now that all those teams are joining the Big Ten next year, they're going to get rid of divisions. So we won't have to worry about that. It'll just be kind of yeah. like how the how the Big 12 is, where it's just, you know, the top two teams in the division get to go. So we have two minutes left. I have I have, an, I have a question for you. I need your NBA in-season tournament predictions. Boston. Versus who? Uh, Whoever. I don't care. They're winning. Oh, my gosh. By the way, can I just say, because I meant to send this to you last night, Jason Tatum gets ejected in the third quarter against Philly, and we still win. I honestly was waiting for you to send me that. We still win without Jason Tatum, who had 21 points by the third quarter, and we still beat Philly. It's not a rivalry when we always kick your ass. Get out of here, Philly. Meanwhile, the Lakers have four of their role players come back. Thank the Lord. We've been playing with nine guys. Two of them have been like two-way players. Uh, Van- we need- Vando's coming back. Rui's coming back. Uh, Jackson Hayes is coming back. Um, Gabe Vincent's coming back in like a week. I'm very happy. I think in the next, in one of the next couple episodes, we'll do like an NBA season roundup. Yeah, quarter way through. Also, yeah. Celtics Lakers Christmas Day. I, I'll, you know, sorry, sorry about what's going to happen, but sorry. Uh, so next time we talk to you guys, we will have the college fo- football playoff four. 
Um, we'll also talk about who should win the Heisman because I've yes. got a very maybe controversial opinion, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk college, uh, some NFL, maybe some college basketball, maybe some NBA. We'll see. Uh, but from all of us here at the DCP podcast, Daniel Christian, Max Born from wherever he's at. I'm Anthony McAvoy. We'll see you guys next time.